the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Hour 2 of Southern California Live. Great to be with you today. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and your brewer of high-octane coffee. Strong enough to get you through the afternoon. And don't think for a minute I haven't thought about pouring it into my tank. See if it runs my car. We're live in Southern California each and every weekday from 3 to 5 on KKLA and KPRZ in L.A. and San Diego and all the surrounding areas. And it is great to be with you. And we had some great conversation in the last hour, and I wouldn't ask you to be a part of it this hour as well. If you want to join our conversation, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I encourage you to put that in your phone and um, to do a couple of things. Here's a couple of things you can do. Put that number in your phone, 888-528-2557. Call it SoCal Live or uh, whatever helps you remember this program. Also, you can tell your phone, tell your Alexa device to remind you every day to listen three to five. You do not want to miss this program and be a part of it each and every afternoon. We're so glad to be with you. I'm glad to be with you. It's great to be your friend and to be connected with you and to hear your thoughts about all this stuff and to be there with you with the the gas prices and also the concern that we have about things going on in the world uh, and things that are just going on in our everyday life. And sometimes we have the opportunity to pray for each other and we have the opportunity to hear some different ideas and to encourage each other on this show. And that's a big part of what Christian radio is about. That's a big part of what KKLA and KPRZ are here for, to unite us as believers in a way that I think really helps us. I'm always excited about it because it's not just one congregation. You know, I, I, when Jesus looks down at Southern California. How many churches are in Southern California? The answer is one, if you want to be serious about it. And we are all part of his church if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins, that he lived a perfect life that you cannot live, that the spiritual angst that you carry around, the guilt that you carry around, the wonderment about what the purpose of life is and all of that, Jesus answers all of that. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he also tells us that nobody comes to the Father but by him. We are all the same. We get saved by faith. I think that's a wonderful thing, that no matter where you're from, whatever your background is, we get salvation the same way by faith, not by having more money or or growing up in a certain country or having a particular background or education, not by doing enough good things or living longer or whatever it is, we get saved by faith because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross and that alone. And what that does, uh, not only is that the actual great equalizer, but it also makes us family. We're adopted into the family of God. And so I am grateful to be with you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm also grateful to be with you who uh, may not count yourself as part of the Christian family, but you're a regular listener of our program. And it's also great to be a part of this with you. And we hope that you learn something about Jesus, of course. That's our agenda. Uh, and we want to encourage you uh, to to seek that out, to push aside maybe the things that the culture gets in the way of and that sometimes even church and Christians, 
you know, maybe even me, you know, said something, you know, uh, once in a while I'll make a comment about something and I think it's funny, but somebody writes me about the fact that they did not think it's funny. Um, not trying to insult anybody. It's trying to have a good time. And I think that we have a lot of um, ability to do that when our hope is in Christ because we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. Our best days are ahead of us when our hope is in Christ, no matter what the case may be. So I remind you of that as we, we talk about the war a little bit and what's going on in Ukraine, an emotional day. Lots of stories are going out there. And be careful, a little warning to you, be careful about the propaganda that's out there in the fog of war, particularly on social media. I think the social media is offering two amazing things. One is that you really do get a lot of truth about what's going on, just a lot of, of, of video and stories that are for real. But you're also getting some stuff that's made up, um, and some of it's just fake um, and some of it is propaganda. Some of it is, you know, that's what happens. And uh, all sides do that. That's part of war. Somebody once said that the first casualty of war is the truth. And I think that's true. But there are a lot of things that we're seeing that actually are pretty clear. Putin is the aggressor here. And we are inspired by the stories of heroism. We are saddened by some other stories. There's a story that came across um, a few minutes ago, an 11-year-old Ukrainian boy fled by himself to Slovakia, 700 miles, 11 years old. Uh, man, and I guess that's a true story. I mean, I know that sometimes you make up stories like that in war because it, it garners more emotional support for your side. Okay. Um, but according to Slovakia's interior ministry, this is true. 11 years old, my son is 12. And I cannot imagine... I cannot imagine him having to walk by himself for 700 miles. Seven, the seven, I, have you walked 700 miles in your life? I mean, do you count your steps on your, your, your phone or whatever you count your steps on? That's an embarrassing number sometimes. 700 miles. I'm so moved by that. This happens in war. This is not unusual. In San Diego many years ago, people who fled from the war in Rwanda in Africa. Many of them were brought here as refugees, and we worked with a lot of them. We worked with a lot of them as a church. And what happens is the government takes these refugees from these war-torn areas, and they just put them in certain cities. San Diego is one of them, one of the top five cities where they place them. And they give about three months of support, and that's it. After that, they have to, they're on their own, and they have to figure out how to live. And that's pretty difficult when you're from a country where you've never seen a light switch before and you've never seen a grocery store before, you want to give somebody a stroke, take somebody from that part of the world who is struggling to find food at all and take them to a grocery store. We did that once, and they kept asking this group of boys, is this edible? Is this edible? Is this edible? And never seen it. Uh, And one of the things that broke my heart the most with this group of guys, they're called the Lost Boys. There's a great documentary uh, out there about it if you want to, uh, to find that online. Um, it's called God Forgot About Us. Uh, God didn't really forget about us, but that's a quote from one of the people in the movie. And he's talking about the fact that he fled as a boy and he went a thousand miles and he went a thousand miles in bare feet. A thousand miles. And the whole time he's telling me the story of his journey, I'm staring at his feet. I can't stop staring at his feet. And I'm thinking to myself, I've never gone without shoes in my life since the time I was a little kid, I've always had something. I've had holy shoes before that we couldn't afford to, to replace 
for brief periods of time, but that's been the biggest struggle I've had. And here's a guy who had no shoes who walked a thousand miles on those feet. I could not take my eyes off his feet. And this is something that happens in war, not just in Sudan, but war that's happening right now in Europe. 11-year-old Ukrainian boy traveled to Slovakia with only a bag, a passport, and a phone number. And the phone number was written on his arm, 700 miles. And uh, the phone number was on his hand, actually. When he crossed the border on Friday, Slovakian officials were able to contact his family. And for him, something happened that doesn't usually happen, as he got reunited with his family. Uh, And so that kind of ends, it's not the end of their story, but that chapter of his journey. Can you imagine that as a little kid, 700 miles? Could you walk anywhere for 700 miles? Like, what is that? You know, walking from from here to Albuquerque or something? Is that even 700 miles? Might be farther than that. Um, And could you do it when you were 11? That's just... It's just shocking. Anyway, that's what's going on uh, in the world today, and that's a a sad story but an inspiring story of survival and things going on. 888-528-2557, that's the number. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. Um, Another thing that happened today that is inspiring, President Voldemort Zelensky got to address um, the British Parliament and it's kind of an interesting thing. He, of course, is the, the early on hero in all of this. And he is inspiring because he's staying and he's leading his people to fight against the Russians. We gave him the option of leaving and setting up a um, exiled government. And he could have taken that, op- that option. Um, when Afghanistan was collapsing last summer, do you remember uh, the president of Afghanistan told everybody, I'm going to stay and fight. Instead, what he did was he stole a bunch of money and took off and left town. Uh, and no wonder all those people who've been trained for 20 years just laid down their arms and that place got taken over. Imagine if that guy would have stayed for real. Imagine if he would have actually stayed and rallied his people. Maybe the Taliban would not have been in charge even after all. Maybe it all would have gone differently. I don't know. You know, sometimes you find yourself in a position where as one person, you really do change the world. And you find yourself in a position to to rise to the challenge. I know that there are a lot of people out there who have their criticisms of President Zelensky, and those things might be fair or unfair. I don't know. I don't know the man, and I don't know all the truth about what's behind the scenes and all of that stuff. But I do know that when this started, and I was on the air a couple of weeks ago when the war began, and I was lamenting that I don't know who the Churchill is, who is the FDR, who is the Eisenhower, who are the leaders that actually might defend what's going on, who actually might put a stop to the Russians? And the Russians have got their own problems. You know, their their tanks are kind of old. There's a weird story. I don't know if it's true or not, but the story is that, uh, and one of the things I've noticed is I'm going, this is, these seem like really cruddy tanks for the, the Russian army. I mean, really, that's the best you got? And uh, all of this, and I think that they believed that, Zelensky would run, that he would take the the offer of a ride from the United States and set up an exile government. And they believe that in a couple of days they would go into Kiev and take over the country. And I think that the only reason that didn't happen is because Zelensky stayed. Because when we offered him that ride and he said that thing and he said, what did he say? He said, uh, the fight is here. I need ammunition, not a ride. You know what's amazing is the whole world listened to that, not just his own people. But Germany, listen to that. Germany was just being completely obnoxious 
people were suggesting that we should kick them out of NATO because they're not being helpful. And now Germany is on the ball helping a lot. And it all happened when he said that. And probably the reason that Putin might get defeated if that happens, at least it's possible. I mean, in some ways, the Ukrainians win by not losing. That's the position they're in. If they're not taken over, they win. Uh, And the longer this takes, the more likely it is that they could actually successfully defend their country. Um, One guy rallied the world, a guy who's a, a television comedian, a guy who you wouldn't think would be in that position. Did you see the clip? There's a clip of him, and I can't play it. It's in another language, but you can find it online, where he is, as an actor, pretending to be the president of Ukraine and pretending to be welcomed into the European Union. And he gets a phone call from Angela Merkel, the former, only a couple of weeks ago, former uh, chancellor of Germany, uh, welcoming in. And then it turns out that she got a wrong number and she was really supposed to be welcoming somebody else in and he's trying to deal. It's kind of funny. And then he finds himself in real life in the same situation where he's filling out an application. Did you see those clips last week? He's filling out an application to join the European Union. I thought two things. I thought, number one, that's just an amazing thing that that he's applying to be in the European Union. The second thing I thought of, it's amazing that there's a paper application to do that. Can I get one of those? It's just like, like an application, like a job application. It's two pages that just folded open, and I guess you you sign here, and you put your name and your title down and your uh, your credit card number or something, and you join the EU. I guess that's how it works anyway. Um, it's a It's an amazing thing. So whatever the story is, whatever happens, um, he's going to be revered, at least the way it looks right now, as somebody who is a great leader. I wonder how many of us would rise to the occasion. The Churchill analogy is an interesting one, and um, Churchill came to power when there was a very weak England, a very weak United Kingdom. And the former Prime Minister Chamberlain had been duped by Hitler. He waved around this phony peace treaty and said, peace in our time, famously. Um, and then I think Hitler invaded Poland the very next day. Just Hitler just lied to him in a very similar way that Putin is lying to everybody. Um, and then Churchill came into power. And one of the things that made him great was the simple, this simple speech. I'm going to play a clip. This is a clip from one of his most famous speeches. Would you play that, Jared? We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. We shall never surrender. It's a famous speech, and he he really called people to change their attitude. And Churchill instantly changed the entire mindset and ethos of the people in the United Kingdom and even around Europe at that time. We were still staying out of it. And that's why he became the leader that he is revered for, that he is loved for. Churchill uh, had a lot of problems himself. He had a lot of personal problems. He was accused of different scandals here and there. He's kind of a slob, and they didn't like him until they went to war, and they said, we need a guy like this, and they made him the prime minister, and he was amazing. And then as soon as the war was over, they went back to thinking he was a slob, and they got rid of him. That's how British politics work. 
but he is still revered as a, a great leader because he inspired people to do what needed to be done in the face of great evil. And that's kind of what Zelensky is doing. I, I want to be careful as a historian not to put him in the same place as Churchill. All right, he's not earned that yet. But uh, he has been very Churchillian. And I think that's inspiring. I've been inspired by by that and asked myself, you know, what can I do? He's also heard about this, okay? So he he went to the, on Zoom, spoke to the British Parliament uh, today on Zoom, and he said a lot of interesting things, but he's clearly heard about Churchill's speech that I just played for you because he said this. He said, uh, we will not give up. We will not lose. We will fight until the end in the sea, at sea, in the air. We will continue fighting for our land, whatever the cost. We will fight in the forests, in the fields, on the shores, in the streets. I don't think he was pretending to not know that's not Churchill. I think he uh, was smart enough to know he's making a great connection. Very smart, really smart way to do that because he's asking the British people to participate in this war. He's asking NATO to eventually include his country, but he's still asking NATO for a no-fly zone. And NATO is refusing it because we're concerned that if we shoot down planes that are Russian planes, then we have actively been a part of it. Um, and it's it's a whole other thing of the nuance of all of this. There's a story today that came out and it's kind of been retracted. The story was that uh, the United States is going to trade, allow, is going to let Poland get a bunch of MiG-29s to Ukraine, and then the United States will replace the, U, the MiG-29s with F-16s. And you think to yourself, what's the difference then between just flying over there? If we're given the, the weapons and we're given that kind of a firepower, you know, aren't we really at war then with Russia, you know, by at least by proxy, we certainly are. How does that work? And part of that story was that the MiGs were going to have to fly to Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany, and they would have to be somehow processed and upgraded by the United States, and then they would be sent to Ukraine, and then we would send Poland F-16s to replace them. And uh, that story got pulled and said, no, 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 that doesn't sound real good, and now what it looks like we're going to do is send uh, Poland some uh, anti-aircraft missiles uh, just in case Putin decides to attack Poland which is uh, not off the table. That, that is World War III if that happens, most likely. Hopefully that won't. Anyway, I think that this is something inspiring. Now, I'm telling you that story so I can tell you this. Today, a poll came out from Quinnipiac Polls that asked this question. It asked the question, what would Americans do if we were attacked? All right, would we stay or leave the country? So two and a half million Ukrainians have, have left the country I think there's 44 million Ukrainians. Okay, so there's a lot of people still there, a lot of them leaving, of course. And that's normal in any, any war. You're going to have massive refugees um, and uh, people leaving. Uh, that's normal. And many of those people are they're women and children. A lot of the men have stayed. And the question they asked is, Americans, if we were attacked in a similar way, if our country was under military attack, would we stay and fight or would we leave? And the results of that are pretty interesting. So here's a question I've got for you. Would you stay or would you leave? If we were under attack, and you can give me a call and tell me your answer, 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS, that's our number, 888-528-2557. Would you stay and fight or would you leave? Uh, if you left, where would you go? 
I guess that's one thing I'd like to know. And if you'd stay and fight, um, what's your plan there? Um, what motivates you to stay or go? What would be, have you thought about this before? I think maybe we just live in such relative safety in the world and our whole experience that we haven't thought a lot about that. Um, I, I think not everybody has. If you've been in the military, um, you've thought a lot about that, I think. In fact, uh, I had a guy in church one time, I had to talk out of going to war against ISIS. He and some former military buddies were all going to go over there and uh, uh, just to uh, shoot a bunch of guys in ISIS. And I said, well, you know, you're going to go over there and do what? You're going to get killed. And he said, yeah, but I'll take some of them out. I said, yeah, but they're going to have 35 kids to replace each one of them. How's that going to work for you? But he was determined and he didn't ultimately go, but uh, some of his friends did. And even during this war, there are Americans and people from around the world who have gone over there to fight in Ukraine. Some of them are Ukrainian by by nationality or birth and so are family, so they've got some interest in it. Some others were stationed there. There's some other reasons. Some people just want to fight for freedom. What happens if it happens here? Would you stay and fight? Is that the right thing to do? Is that the Christian thing to do? What should we do as a church? What happens if this war happens? What happens if Putin bombs Poland, he bombs Germany, he does something. And if that happens, by the way, it's not out of the question that missiles are landing right here in Los Angeles or right here in San Diego or anywhere else. Would you stay and fight or do you get out of the way? What do you do? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Give me a call and let me know what you think. I'm Scott Furrow. This is the Tuesday edition of Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you again today on this fine Tuesday afternoon here in the Southland. A beautiful, beautiful day outside today. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. We are talking about a poll that came out from Quinnipiac today. I'm going to give you the results of it here in just a minute. Maybe they'll surprise you. Maybe they won't. Asking Americans if they would stay or if they would leave if we found ourselves in a similar position as the Ukrainians where we are being attacked, would we stay and fight or would we leave the country? What would you do? What are your thoughts? 888-528-2557. That is our number. And love to know what you think. Would you stay or would you go? Here's what the poll had to say. 55% said that they would stay and fight. Well, 38% say they would leave the country. Um, now that doesn't mean that 38% are cowards and that there's just, there's a lot of reasons you might leave family and other stuff. What would you be your reasons if you're, if you're leaving, um, and, uh, staying and fighting, you know, maybe that's the right thing. Maybe it's the wrong thing for you to do. What would be the reason? What would you think? 55% say they would stay and fight. 38% say they would leave the country. They broke it down by political party. 68% of Republicans would stay and fight. 25% of Republicans would leave. Independence, 57% would stay and fight. 36% would stay and would, uh, uh, 36% would leave. Democrats, uh, 52% would stay and fight. 40% of Democrats would leave the country, according to this Quinnipiac poll. Quinnipiac? Quinnipiac. I think it's Quinnipiac. 888-528-2557. What would you do? Uh, Joe, Joe, thanks for calling uh, Southern California Live. What would you do, Joe? Yes, sir. The bombs start falling. What would you do? Well, it's not the first time the bombs fall, but uh, I would stay and fight for my country. If I fought my country in other countries, what more than this great country that we have? Whether we be Republicans or Democrats, we, we would become united and I would, we, we would work in teams 
no save fight. That's my yeah. answer on that, sir. Yeah, I think, uh, Joe, thank you. I think that is a, a big thing for a lot of us. Is our country, maybe that's a, a question, is our country worth fighting for? And maybe that's that's what I want to know. If I drill down in this, if you leave, maybe you leave because you want to protect your family. You might have good reasons to to leave. Um, are you giving up on America if you leave? Are you giving up on the promise? And then where would you go? I guess that's another question I would I would ask here. Um, next, I've got a call with no name from Los Angeles. How you doing? I don't know what your name is. What's your name? Are you there, L.A.? All right, we're going to drop you. Uh, sorry about that. I didn't have your name, so I know that you were there. I could hear you breathing, but uh, maybe it was just one of those calls. I don't know. You know. Um, all right, Linda from Los Angeles. Linda, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Linda? Yes, hello, sir. Uh, I'm Hi, Linda. Angry right now. Uh, hello. I'm a little angry right now. Okay. Uh, first, of, first of all, there's where the, where the hell can we go? Where can we go? Where well, that's, we I guess, a question. So you're, you're angry. Let me try to get down. You're angry because uh, that many people say they'd leave in that poll. No, uh, no, that's not the point. It's, it's your question. It's your question. That bombs are going to fall here. Well, that's the question. What we're doing is we're responding to a poll that Quinnipiac put out today. It's not my question. It's their question. And the, and Americans responded. 55% said they'd stay. And... Um, Another group of people said they would go. So I'm curious to what people think about that. Does it bother you, that whole question, that that question is being asked? Let me say this. My trust is in God. Yeah. My trust is in God. Okay. So I don't need, I don't need to run. I don't need to run. So you would stay. And, and I hope that, despite your question, that people have hope and faith in the God that controls it all. You know, there's a lot of Christians who are, who are choosing to stay in Ukraine right now, and the reason that they're choosing to stay is because if they all leave, then there's no light for the people. And maybe, Linda, what you're saying is that Christians ought to stay because the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ needs to be here even if it's difficult times, even at war. Is that kind of where you're thinking? I'm believing for a good outcome. Yeah. I'm believing that Putin will fall on his own sword. Well, that could happen. Linda, I appreciate your call. And, uh, you know, we're all hoping that something happens. I think, you know, a big concern is if Putin is not winning, if this seems to be unwinnable for him, um, what's he going to do? Is he going to expand um, somebody said, I can't remember who, uh, stated this at some old philosopher, but the idea was you surround your enemy on three sides, meaning that you always try to give your enemy a way out because if they're totally surrounded, then they might do something rash. They have no other choice, uh, of what to do. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California live. And we are asking the same question that the Quinnipiac poll people asked Americans with, if confronted with a hypothetical war, like what's going on in Ukraine, would you stay or would you go? 55% of Americans say they would stay and fight. 38% say they would leave the country. What would you do? Sarah, welcome to Southern California Live. Sarah? Is it Sarah? Maybe it's maybe we don't have the name right. Sarah? Do you, uh, do you hear me, Sarah? Hello? If you're here, hi, Sarah. 
It's your turn. Is your name Sarah? Do we have that wrong? Right here? Yeah. What's your name, Sarah? Me? Yes. My name is Sean. Sean. Okay, Sean. You welcome to Southern California Live. Sorry, they had they have Sarah on my screen there. So uh, I was waiting on Sarah to start talking. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> um, I say I don't know because yeah. you you know you can say I'll stay and fight, yeah. and then when it approaches, you might run. Right, and then you might say I'm out of here, but then when it approaches, something might come over you and say. I'm staying. I'm not moving nowhere. It, yeah. it, it all depends what preps, what what is put before you. We can never say what we're going to do until it, it, it comes before us. And then what we do is going to be speak for what our outcome is. I I I always say that um, I I was like the lady. I I don't know where I would go. You know, right. I I just wouldn't. I wouldn't know where I would go, but if they blew up my house, I would have to go somewhere. You'd have to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know, but I guess, but one thing I do know what I could do, and I'm doing that now. I'm just praying and standing in the gap, fasting and believing God to save. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Hallelujah. Yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen, Sean. I, I preach Jesus and Him crucified, revival. He allows certain things to go forth for repentance, and that's what I preach. Repentance and in turning ye away, that that no matter where we go, God would go with us. So if God be for us, he's more than the world against us. And that's what I would tell people to do, to stand yeah. on the promises of God. And regardless, regardless to whatever approaches us, remember, God is still in control, and he yep. would never leave us nor forsake us. All right, you know? Sh- Sean, uh, thank you very much for calling. That's a good word there. I think that she's probably really has uh, maybe one of the right answers, right? Do We don't really know what we would do until we find ourselves in that situation. I would hope that we rise to whatever the the best answer is in whatever is happening there. But, you know, um, I think sometimes we don't know until we go through it. Uh, then we find out. Forrest in San Diego, thanks for calling Southern California Live. Well, can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, Forrest. Uh, so my answer is very clear. Um, so I, it kind of depends on who's attacking. Most likely would be China and uh, the communist China, and if you can imagine, they can feel a standing army larger than our U.S. population. That's yeah. really scary. It would probably be overwhelming, but then they're mm. fighting in the streets. I think yeah. I would take care of my family, make sure my family is somewhere abroad. I would stay and fight. But here's what bothers me, because my, one of my greatest heroes is Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, who had the opportunity to leave um, Romania for pastors when... The Nazis came in, and they chose to stay. And they were able to do, do, do good work and save some Jews and hide some Jews and get them out and things. And then years later, a million Russian soldiers from the Red Army came and rolled in there and, and, and prohibited Christianity altogether. They were worse than the Nazis. And they chose also to stay and, and conduct an underground church operation while they were there. If the Chinese took over in America, then Christianity is over with. But those who will stay will have to work underground and continue to try to um, minister to those who are already believing and, and preach to, to not only the, the, uh, the, the Americans, but also to the Chinese occupiers as 
Well, I did it to the Russian occupiers. Yeah. Out of love. And Peter or, or Forrest, you said that uh, you would leave. It kind of depends on who attacks. What if it is uh, the Russians or, uh, you know, is why would it be different if it were Russia or let's say the, uh, you know, the uh, Australians decided to invade and they're, you know, uh, it, is it just the number of people that would make you change or is it uh, who it is just by the, the yeah, size of what the Chinese power. army might be? Because the Chinese have already made it very clear that they're out to destroy all Christianity everywhere throughout the whole United States. I mean, sorry, whole China and wherever they occupy. Yeah. So, well, whatever happens, uh, Isaac Forrest, uh, thank you for calling. Whatever happens, somebody's got to stay and be the light, and uh, that always does happen. Peter, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Peter? Hey, how you doing? No, I'm doing fine. Would well, you stay my, or would you go? My take on it is, uh, like everyone else, I got nowhere to go. You know, I got I got a family. I imagine I would have to stay and try mm. to survive, but I really don't see myself uh, trying to join in the fight or get anywhere near the fighting if the U.S. went to war. There's so much misinformation in the media now and everything else that it's almost impossible to know who or even what you're fighting for. So uh, if if we were invaded, would you? Would you feel like we might be on the wrong side of uh, ourselves if we got invaded? Co- correct. Okay. The, the problem is to a lot of conservatives, and I don't want to say too much about this, but depending on how you feel about the election, the U.S. has already fallen for a lot of us. You, you know, so when you look at the administration that you're going to war with and for, uh, you, you so, don't know what the motives are. And you do don't you know feel like... Do you feel like, Peter, that the U.S. is not worth fighting for anymore? Uh, unfortunately, but under this administration, again, depending on how you feel about... But what if election, it's another administration? What, it's, what if it's an administration you like? Would you... Uh, do you still feel like it's too late? I would have to, I would have to definitely uh, feel a change in society that let me know that this administration is is on the up and up, you know, a return to godliness, a return to morals, things of that nature. That would let me know that, hey, this, you know, this administration in this country is is in the right. All right. Peter, do you feel like others, I'm, I'm surprised at this poll a little bit that as many as 40 percent uh, decided that they would leave the country. Do you feel like that's because they feel the way you feel or is there some other reason? Yeah, I mean, again, when I say I have nowhere to go, like I'm from Southern California, I'm I'm Mexican. I I could go to Mexico, you, you know that something, mm-hmm. but I just I don't see myself ever feeling at home there. But since this is a melting pot country, I see a lot of people having the option of just saying like, well, I would go to the country where my family originates. Sure. Okay, Peter, thank you very much for your call. And uh, the number here is 888-528-2557. We're talking about a Quinnipiac poll that asked Americans what they would do if we found ourselves in a similar situation as Ukraine. Would we stay and fight or would we go? 888-528-2557. We'll be back with this conversation and your calls in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. We are asking the question, following up on a Quinnipiac poll that asked the question when confronted, if we were confronted by the same situation as Ukraine is, 
as a country, would we stay or would we go? 55% of Americans said that they would stay and fight if we were invaded. 38% said that they would leave the country. And we've had a discussion this hour about what would you do? What would you do? Would you stay or would you go and why? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. True or false? True or false question for you. The United States mainland, the lower 48, was never attacked during World War II. True or false? Did you know that the answer to that question is false, that the mainland was attacked by a Japanese submarine on February 23rd. They attacked Santa Barbara. Did you know this? It's true. For about 20 minutes, a Japanese submarine fired upon the coast off uh, the I-17 right there on uh, um, the, not, not the I-17, right off the freeway there on the coast. And uh, people didn't know what it was. They called the cops, but the submarine was firing on the uh, the I-17 is the name of the uh, the submarine. Uh, fired on, and the, yeah, they fired on the coast there, and uh, they called the the cops. They didn't know what it was, but they were being fired upon. And a derrick and a pump hose was destroyed, and there was some damage to the Elwood Pier and a catwalk uh, for about twenty minutes, and then the sub sailed away. So actually, we were attacked. There is a monument to that somewhere up there in Santa Barbara area. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Steve. Welcome to Southern California Live. What would you do, Steve? Hi, I would fight. That's the only thing to do if you're an American. If you would you fight. Then you're not an American. So is there any is there any good reason that a person would leave? It's an individual reason, but in my case, no. Stay. Whether it's Canada or Mexico, stay and fight for your country. You stay and fight for your country. All right, Steve, thanks for chiming in. Sergio, welcome to Southern California Live. Would you stay or go? What do you think? Sergio, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Sergio. What would you do? I, I would stay and fight. But let me just say, uh, where I come from Mexico, I became an American citizen. I raised my family here. Mm. And uh, this country means a lot to me. We have to be grateful whether you are from here or other countries and you became American citizen, you, you have to be grateful to to the country that has given you so much. And not just to the country, but God takes us to places where he's going to make us do something for his purpose. And I think that one of his purpose is that we don't have to be afraid. We have to stand and stand for what we believe and definitely stand for the people that have given us so much. Yeah. I think that's a good word there, Sergio. When did you move here? I came in 1988. 1988. Raised your family here, and uh, you've grown yeah. to love the country. The, the poll doesn't say. I would be curious to know what um, immigrants would say. I have a suspicion that they would say exactly what you're saying, uh, that you understand. Uh, I think I think that uh, many of the immigrants, I know they will say the same thing. Yes. I agree. I agree. Sergio, thank you for, for calling our program. You know, I think that there is a sense that maybe we have that uh, we get so beat up about our, our country and things, and we do have a lot of problems. We really do. Uh, I would like to think that what most Americans think, that that number really is bigger than 55%, that when if we really were attacked, I would like to think that we're not just going to roll over, 
that we're not just going to say done. Because where are you going to go? Yeah, you can go to other, there's other places to go. Um, but we are still the country, in spite of all of our problems, that people from all around the world, more than any other place, wants to move to and be a part of. That's us. That's still who we are. Sandy and Covina. Sandy, are you with us? Hi. Hi, Sandy. What would you yes, do? Yes, I am. I think it's very revealing, uh, the answers. I think they're very revealing because hmm. I think I would never have said this maybe 10 or 20, maybe 20 years ago, but I think Americans are either becoming more naive or just more ignorant. I mean, where would they go? 38% of the population is going to go into Mexico. Do you think they're going to take us? Even Canada, if something like that happened to the United States, they need to take care of their own. I think the only people that would get out of this place would be those that have influence and money. Hmm. The Nancy Pelosi's, the Donald Trump's, the Jeff Bezos. Where the heck is everybody going to go? The other countries aren't going to take you. I mean, they have their own problems. I mean, America has a lot of influence and a lot of power. If we start getting bombarded, do Americans really think that other countries are just going to take 40% of our population? Do you think, I, I don't uh, understand that. I don't know what these people were thinking when they, when they answered the question. You know, when they were asked this question, do you think they were taken by surprise by the question itself? Like, do you think we've just never you thought know, about this as a possibility that well, we might actually have a war here in our revealing. soil? That's why I think it's very revealing. I mean, yeah. are people just naive, ignorant? I don't know. It's really interesting. Interesting. Thank you, Sandy, for calling. You know, I think uh, I think we just haven't thought about this, and hopefully, it's not going to happen. Hopefully, this is not something we're going to experience. All right, I got a couple more calls. I'm going to try to get to before we're done here. Don in Simi Valley, stay or fight, Don. With us, Don. I, I think Sandy's correct. I mean, Americans have nowhere else to go because nobody likes Americans or what we stand for. They only want to come here for the benefits. The patriotic people that live here and will fight here are the people that made the country, and everybody else is just using it. And well, all right, all right, Don. Okay, Don. So Don's gonna Don's gonna fight, but he's uh, cynical about maybe some people's reason for that, which is interesting. I mean, thirty eight percent of people said they're they're taking off. Thanks, Don, for your call, Denise in L.A. Hi, how are you? Hi, Denise. I'm doing fine. How are you today? <laughs> fine, thank you. I agree with the last lady. I'm a little annoyed by the responses. You know, the Lord says that I have meat for you. You're through with milk. All I'm hearing is watered down milk whiny people. Maybe they need to spend some time in the National Cemetery Mm. because this was paid for by blood. This was paid for so that you can sit and pray. But the Lord never says that you're not to pick up a shovel. You're not supposed to participate. I wanted to just gift your listeners to two different types of reading for whatever level they're on. One might be the story of the little red hen. It's about a hen who does an ass all herself, and then at the end, everybody wants to help eat. They do nothing. Then go to the the Bible itself and look up Judges 7, chapter 7, 1 through 8. And it's about the story of Gideon and what he went through with the Lord in order to get the Lord's participation. And you'll notice in one of the verses, the Lord says there's too many people. Too many people, Gideon, that want to go to war with you. Tell some, 
to go home. Mm. And so the Lord, to me, takes account of whose hand went high up in the air that they can be accounted for wanting to save their nation. Yeah. Who wants to participate? And then the Lord intervenes, and he says, I got your back. You can go rest. I'll take the few of you. But if we only have a few with their hands and the rest scatter, I say wherever you go run to, stay there. And that's what I feel. All right, Denise, thank you for your call. And everybody, thank you for your calls today. You know, I think it is a surprising question that maybe we haven't thought about it. And, you know, I, from where I'm coming from, I think Denise has a very good point about we have sort of lost the blessing of what we have. It, the poll doesn't, the Quinnipiac poll that we're talking about, it doesn't get into people's reasons why they're leaving. Uh, you know, you might be leaving because you want to protect your family. Maybe there's there's reasons, right? It's okay, I think, that a lot of the people are, are fleeing Ukraine right now. They all have different reasons, and you might have a really good reason. Uh, and I also think that maybe we don't know what we're going to do uh, when that time comes. Um, but many callers asked where you're going to go and the history of the world. When you look at it, you know, there was always a place to go until now, where are you going to go? If, if the United States, as, uh, we call it the last great hope on earth, uh, even president Obama said that about us, um, where are we going to go? We're decades away from going to the moon or Mars. Uh, it's an interesting question. It really is. But at the end of the day, uh, our kingdom is not of this earth. It's it's of the Lord. We are ambassadors of Christ. I know I talk about that all the time, but it's something that I think should give us hope. I think, I actually believe that this poll is probably wrong. I think that if we really found ourselves in that situation, I think that Americans at a much greater number would fight for their country because they're, they know there's not really another place to go. You can go to Mexico or Canada, but I think if you think about it, if we're attacked, well, those two countries are next. Right. So you're not really going anywhere. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't come to that. And that's what we should pray about. This is why God tells us to pray for our leaders. So I want to encourage you as we go today, pray for President Biden, that he makes good decisions. Pray for the leaders around the world. Pray that this conflict does not expand, that it ends. Um, That is a, a really important thing for us to do. And whatever happens, have no fear. If this if this is a scary question, you never really thought about it. I think that some of us respond that way. Put your trust in the Lord. Make that real and trust that whatever happens, the worst thing that can happen to you is you will die and go be with Jesus if you are a believer in him. And so your best days are always ahead. I'm out of time. Thank you for being a part of our program today, Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back with you again tomorrow. God bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.